You're listening to. Welcome to Asians in Baseball with your hosts, Kim Cooper, Naomi Ko, and Scott Okamoto. This podcast celebrates Asian and Asian Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander American baseball players in the MLB. Hello and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Asians in Baseball. I hope we haven't recorded it yet, but we're going to try to make it as fabulous as possible. Um, We have so much to talk about, and I know that I start every single episode saying that, but it just becomes more and more true every week, which is a credit to these amazing players. So let's just get right into it. Um, This last week was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all who who are celebrating. Um, And so there was a very sweet moment where uh, uh, Lars Newtbar was recording uh, or he was he was doing an interview on television uh, and uh, he was they were talking to him about his mom and who should be on the other side of the phone but his mom. His Japanese mom. Yeah. His Japanese mom. And it was so cute because like Lars didn't know she was there and he was just like, I love my mom so much. Like she's my best friend. Like he's just like, like effusive in his compliments of his mother. And you could see his mom like in a little like picture in picture. And she's just beaming, beaming with pride is so sweet. It was really sweet. And then he started tearing up. And the funniest thing was she's just like, he cries all the time. What did he, what did she say exactly? She said, she said something like, he's a crier. He's so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't like, she wasn't like, uh, you know, embarrassed by him or anything. Like she was like smiling. But yeah, it was really She just sweet. said it matter of factly. Like, yeah, yeah she was like, he cries a lot. He does that. Yeah. It was well, just really sweet. It, it was wonderful that on the, on the game, on, uh, Sunday, when it was Mother's Day, the Cardinals and the Red Sox were playing on um, ESPN. And what I really appreciated is that they put in parentheses the name of their mom. So, for example, it's, it said Lars Newbart in parentheses. It said Kumi's son. So, um, Kumi's son. That's so sweet. I know it's so it's so cute. So it's just like every time a player did well, I would be like, "Good job, Kumi's son," or Good job, Gene's son, or good job, Laura's son. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was just a, a wonderful tribute. And I really love how uh, Lars Newbar has been getting a lot of love and more press time ever since the World Baseball Classic, and and uh, including his mother. So love loved to see it. It was a great bonus for Mother's Day and Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It is yeah. our month. Happy third week of our month, guys. That's right. Even though it should be all the time. And I also wanted to say about with Lars was it was really nice to see that like he's willing to be like vulnerable and sensitive, even though his mom's like, this is his whole deal. But that's I just think that's like an important thing for 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 people to see uh, in in professional sports, because these guys are oftentimes, you know, trying to be very like hyper masculine and like, you know, so it's nice. It's nice to see uh, the the emotion as well. Yeah, especially since Asian men are portrayed to be super stoic, right? We're yeah. robots. We're not. We don't have any emotions. And if we do, we're about to do kung fu. And well, I'm pretty sure Lars Newbar can't do any fucking kung fu, but 
he can cry. And you know yeah. what? That's beautiful. And his mom was like very directly like, I love you, Lars. I'm so proud of you. You know, which is like, I don't um, have a relationship with my Asian parents, but uh, uh, that I have heard is not uh, not something that everybody everybody has. So that was also really nice to see. It also helps he's a professional baseball player. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> she, she's a lot to brag about at yeah. the cookouts. Yeah. If yeah, it was even, a single A, she had been like, keep working. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not necessarily Asian mom thing. That just might be a it's mom thing. Mom no, I'm thing. just kidding. That's I'm not, true. Compar- but, competitive moms in general. But yeah. that was, I mean, what better... What a warm thing to see your son do well and you being able to share that with millions of people on ESPN. Do you think and some of them were faking, like they hate their mom or they don't have a good relationship, but oh shit, it's national TV, so yeah, I love my mom. It's like, because that's the hard thing about Mother's Day and Father's Day in general is, you know, there's a lot of people out there with complex relationships with their parents and... Totally. Um, yeah, I always wonder like, hmm, yeah, I, I guess... <laughs> Okay, let's. I don't. I th- I do think some people probably have to play it up more just because parental child relationships are so complicated. But we know for sure Lars wasn't playing it up because Lars Newbar doesn't seem like he has that ability yeah. to act. So <laughs> it felt he's real. very good at playing baseball. That's yeah. what we'll say. And that's what yeah. we're here for. He's an elite baseball player. And not everybody not I am I'm an actor. I, I'm and I'm a terrible baseball player. So you know, he's a and he's an amazing baseball player. So you know You know, and you can be bad at both like me. You cannot <laughs> oh, be good at acting. No. And you can also not be good at baseball. It's the it's only crazy two skill, the only t- two skills that anybody has is either baseball or acting. Those only, Those only that matter. Skills. Yeah. Yes. No. All right. Well, that was that was really nice. So we just wanted to mention that, um, and we also wanted to mention um, uh, their their the the twenty twenty three all MLB team. Yeah, that's a weird thing. So Brian Kenny on MLB does this thing. I guess he did it last year too. So this is not like all the best players. He's like. Take away all of the, you know, $20 million contracts and, you know, 50 home, 60 home run guys. Like, who who are sort of these sleeper picks that are role players that are, like, invaluable to a team? And um, he had Hunter Renfro on there for power. But he, other than that, all the players were just super good at defense, at preventing runs, and getting on base. And so he highlighted uh, Ha-Sung Kim, who he pointed out when he moved to second, is now tops in the majors in defensive runs prevented i forget what the exact name of the stat is but he's been at the top top three um since he got here in that category um we had lars newtbar he mentioned and he mentioned stephen kwan so there were three asians in the nine spots um that's right one third of us baby nice on the all mlb team for brian kenny um yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, we can put in the show notes like the parameters because I couldn't, I don't remember exactly what they were, but it was basically, yeah, all these sort of overlooked, possibly overlooked, invaluable players that contribute a lot. I do have to say it's pretty reflective of the East Asian diaspora, if you think about it. Quan being uh, Chinese, Japanese, Nubar being Hapa, Japanese white, Kim being Korean. Not bad, and only one foreign-born player. 
and the rest are Asian American Mm -hmm. of the three I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, this is legit. It's very nice. That's legit. Well, while we're talking about Stephen Kwan uh, being being part of this all MLB team, um, Stephen Kwan also received his gold glove um, on uh, uh, this week on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, on Saturday, he received his gold glove, which he won at the end of last season. Um, and then during that game, he went three for three with two runs scored and a stolen base. Yeah, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how Stephen Kwan was struggling a little bit um, at the plate. And what we mean by he was struggling a little bit is he was playing average. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It it was just so hard because for such a long period of time last year in his rookie year, he was hitting in the very high 290s. And and for, you know, a couple weeks at a time, he would be hitting 300. And that's that is so amazing. And he's been hitting like 230, 240, which is not bad at all. I just want to make that clear. It's not. It's kind of the going average right now in the MLB. But it was like, oh, sophomore slump. But Mm -hmm. um. But I think, you know, he made, continues to make sick plays, of course, like robbing Tim Anderson and mostly of the White Sox of, of any kind of extra run uh, bases. But Stephen Kwan has a 91% content percentage, um, second to Luis Arez, who actually is the batting champion from last year um, when he played for the Twins, and he's still doing very well this year. And and that's in the whole league that Stephen Kwan has the second highest contact percentage and and he did an interview with MLB um, probably because he got his gold glove and they did the whole ceremony and you know how last week we addressed how we didn't like how people talked about Stephen Kwan's stature mm-hmm. well he addressed that um, <gasps> pretty pretty frankly in this interview <laughs> and you know he. You know, he said that he wasn't going to be a giant. He said it wasn't. It didn't matter if he, if he was going to put ten or fifteen extra pounds. He was just like I. He he said he knew he was always going to be that guy that would have to figure out different and smaller ways to make an impact, and for the team. And I was just like, well, Stephen. Like even the way that he was saying it was really eloquent and just very maturely and and of course they asked him like who are the players that you watch growing up and guess who he mentioned again Ichiro, Ichiro. so you know Stephen Kwan you know you know how people are like short king you know uh-huh. how the young people are like I love my short kings or yeah. you know whatever again, I'm a f- not that short no not even that short I, I just want to also say that I'm young too I just don't know young talk but <laughs> Because I'm 19, of course. That's right. That's right. 19 years old. Born in the 2000s, Naomi Ko. Um, You can quote me on that. Totally born in the 2000s. Um, But, I mean, it... Like, I did see, like, someone on Twitter reference him as a short king. And I was like... Okay. I don't know. People like that phrase. I guess it, it matters. Well, I mean, people. I think I think that people want to celebrate, like you know, like traditionally, uh, height is very valued in men, right? And so, by calling somebody your short king is like like 
you know, I think people are are trying to uh, uh, uplift uplift short short men because they don't get that kind of yeah same kind it's of a credit. Compliment. Yeah, um, and I I just want to say like that I think that like see like. Steven's approach to everything and like this knowledge that he has had to be exceptional because he's he's shorter and he's Asian and people have all these expectations of him that he's not going to be able to hit or he's not going to be able to catch. He's not going to be he's not going to be a contender. He's not somebody that you should be afraid of that. The the hit that he robbed Tim Anderson from should have been a hit to most left fielders, but he is that good. It was like so acrobatic what he did. We'll post a video to it. Cause it was amazing. Um, but like, and, and even what you were saying about contact percentage is like that his contact percentage is so high because he's, he doesn't think only about himself. He's thinking about the whole game and, and he has that high contact percentage because he has, I don't know the stats offhand, but I'm sure he has an extremely low swing and miss rate um, yeah. because he's very like a, like he he when he comes up to bat like he he has a very specific approach and I just admire that so much about him. Another wonderful example of like a healthy like healthy outlook, healthy mentality uh, in baseball. And I do want to just point out that the person who has the highest contact percentage in the MLB, the person who did win the um, batting, who was last year's batting championship for the AL, Luis Arez, he's 5'10". Okay, there you go. So, And also, I want to say that I, when many years ago when I was playing fantasy baseball, I had Luis on my fantasy baseball team. So Luis, just so you know, I, I've been out here, I've been out here being your fan. That's right. And I was your fan last year too. Not anymore. <laughs> How <laughs> we we can move we can move on to that. I, I know probably some of our listeners are just like, why do you guys keep bringing up the Stephen Kwan thing? Well, everybody else made it a really big deal and finally Stephen brought it up and he Stephen put it to rest. Yeah. Well, he we answered have to back the with his gold glove. The issue of emasculation of Asian American yeah. men. So that's why it's kind of on our minds. And so any comment about his height either way we're kind of like ooh hmm there's a conversation well yeah how many rookies can come out and win a gold glove their rookie year not that not very many. many not that many so everyone calm down he addressed it that's right. And and speaking of elite rookies, um, we got a little bit more about Masataki Yoshida. Of course, um, in Baseball America's Rookie of the Year ranking so far for the American League, we're now one quarter of the way through the season. Um, every team has played, I believe, at least 40 games. Um, and Masataki Yoshida was n- their number one ranking for the American League Rookie of the Year. Um, and, you know, he had another he had another great outing this 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 week as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just—he's just on a tear. I'd, yeah, it, he might be slowing down slightly. Last seven games hitting two fourteen, but the last fifteen games, he's hitting three thirty three and two homers and twelve RBIs. So, yeah, he's clearly established himself as a consistent um, run producer in that yeah. lineup. So, it's great. Yeah, and also mentioned on this uh, Baseball America's Rookie of the Year ranking. Uh, Anthony Volpe was on the AL list of, quote, don't forget about, um, because they had like the ranking of the top three, and then they were like, don't forget about these players, and then they uh, also had an on-the-cusp player. So in the American League, 
Massa was number one. Anthony Volpe was the don't forget about. And then in the National League, Kodai Sango was number three. And on the cusp of deserving rookie of the year was none other than Blake Sable. So that was nice. And again, the odds, really wonderful. I mean, there were a lot of AAPI players in this group. So that was like, it's really cool. Just some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, there's another player who has been hitting uh, like crazy. Um, And we haven't talked about him uh, recently. He was injured for the first part of the season. But Seiya Suzuki has been back now for a little bit. And he is hitting mad home runs. Yes, yes, yes. He, and surprise, surprise, broke a record that Shohei Otani did not beat him to. So congrats to you, uh, Saya Suzuki, the first Japanese player to homer in three straight plate appearances and all against the Astros. Ooh, Bless up. Bless yeah. up. He's uh he is 10 for I don't I didn't write down what how how many games this was, but uh he's 10 for 25 with 8 RBI. Last uh, seven and games. so yeah. Okay, last seven games. Um, oh, yeah, that I do have that written down. Last seven games, he's hitting 400. And in his last seven games, he hit four home runs, including last night. We're recording this on Thursday. So this on Wednesday night, he went three for three with two home runs in the same game and three RBIs against the Astros. And the Cubs did lose. But say I really he he pulled his weight. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly did. He pulled his weight. So that was exciting. We always just love to see an Asian player obliterate the Astros. That's right. Even if the whole team couldn't, at least he personally did. Yeah. It's a victory for us. It was a victory. It was a victory. Um, another another record was set by an Asian player this week. Um, Anthony Volpe on uh, on. May 13th, um, he stole his 13th base. He's now 13 for 13 on stolen base attempts. And with that 13th base stolen, he became the first Yankee to steal his first 13 career bases without getting caught, passing Joe DiMaggio back in uh, 1936 to 1938. Oh, that is is quite the record to have. And also now the racists are definitely going to come out of the woodwork. Well, most most of the Joe DiMaggio stands are are no longer with us, fortunately. So most Yeah, but most you saw you saw the racism. You yeah. saw the racism come out of the woodwork when people oh, yeah. It'll in, be back there. in twenty twenty one comparing Shohei Otani yeah. to Babe Ruth. But that's so. like the millennials and Gen Xers who maybe saw Ken Burns documentary who even know who Joe DiMaggio is. So you know Yeah, he dated Marilyn Monroe. Shouldn't we all know who? Yeah, well, that's a whole nother <laughs> conspiracy theory uh, infused story. But yeah, um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be there. The racism will be there, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to see because again, we're not sh- we're not sure how many people who aren't themselves Asian know that Anthony Volpe is that's true. Asian. So he might be shielded by the ignorance of <laughs> his his identity. So, hmm. But hopefully, hopefully, regardless, the racists keep their damn mouths shut because he's 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 still adjusting. They did move him um, from lead off to the seven hole 
and uh, to seventh in the in the batting lineup. And after they did since since they did that, he's hitting two fifty. So the move was very good for him. Um, on that in that game on the twelfth, um, he went two for three with a home run and an RBI single, and then he homered again on the fourteenth. So, you know, that's pretty good. Yep. So. Yep, and he also had a great defensive play this week, too. So, you know, these guys, they're still out here. They're still out there. The game, it ebbs and flows. 162 games is a lot of games to play. So yep. they're still doing good. Yeah, but speaking of more than just 162 games, let's move on to a player who has been struggling for 300-plus games and somehow has now found his stride again. It's Christian Yelich. He had a very difficult... Scott, would you say a 2019 and 2020, 2021, and a 2022? Well, 2019 was his big year. Like, well, that was, was like, his big year with the yeah. Marlins, right? Okay, I think yeah, or it was his first year with the Brewers. But he, you know, it was he 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 had the pedigree of a superstar, and suddenly it just he. I don't think he was injured, or he might have had a minor injury, but it just sort of went away, and suddenly he couldn't hit. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, he, it's it's great. This last seven, this last week, he had three homers and nine RBIs. So he he's hitting three sixty four in that span. So his his average now is up to two fifty eight, which is looking good. Yeah, that's and pretty he, decent. And he too had a two home run game. And in the same game, I don't know if y'all saw this, but he did yeah. some. A wild base running, um, <laughs> which we will absolutely post a video of because it is hilarious. It is fabulous content. Um, he, uh, or sorry, the base running happened the next day. My bad. Um, but he, he, so in the game, he's against the Royals. He steals second. The Royals overthrow the the ball, and so he gets up. He scrambles up, and then he runs to third and, and, and slides into third. And they overthrow the ball again, and then he goes home to score. And so he slides three times in the same play. It was very, very dusty after that. It was very dusty after that. It was so funny. It was like, I don't know, like watching like some sort of like if you sped it up a little bit and like put a filter on it, you could believe that it was like a vaudeville, like a a silent movie. Or a Little League game. Yeah. It was really funny. It was like a... That's that's what the music was in. Yeah, I was I was thinking Benny Hill. So yeah, in in my in my mind, I was as I was watching that video. Um, you know they they said that he has made a couple adjustments to his swing. He started doing a kick, um, which I think probably helped with with his pacing and the timing of of it. And they also mentioned that he. This year in 2023 is the year that he has made the most base stealing attempts since like four years. Wow! So there was really a period of his time, um, period of time where he wasn't trying to steal bases, and and it was really funny. The MLB reporter kind of breaking down Christian Yelich's return to form was saying that he felt like he was a little lazy before, and now he's moving again, both defensively Gosh. and as. Um, as a as a hitter, so <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I think it was one of I I don't remember which exact MLB reporter it is, but I'm pretty sure he's a former All Star, so he could probably oh, get away with yeah. um, uh-huh. he could probably get away with calling Yelich a little lazy. <laughs> Not your model minority. 
already yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean i i just appreciate how you have just a little side note all of these you know ogs all-stars now doing all of this reporting and then kind of poking fun at the new players and they can get away with it because they're hall yeah. of famers or yeah. they're all-stars and and totally. they've earned that right but but i i wonder what is the shift for christian yelich this year because it you know obviously every year constantly batters are constantly tweaking their swing right making sure you know it, it's happening all the time we see it happen day to day but it just feels like something something maybe monumentous changed between the 2022 and 2023 season for him because you know his his hard hit percentage uh went up 10% um his exit velo increased by a percentage ground ball percentage oh, that ha- that has decreased um and fly ball percentage has increased so it you know it's i'm just like hmm his splits indicate that there there's something holistic that maybe not holistic but something significant has happened for him hopefully because dude hit 44 homers in only 130 games in 2019 you know he was he was set to and it, and it was with milwaukee so he'd been there a couple of years he had 36 then 44 and then the the uh, shortened season and then 2021, full season, he hits nine. <laughs> he went from 44 to nine. And then last year he hit 14, which is not bad. You know, 14 homers means you're, you know, you've got some pop in your bat. But to go from 44 to 14, uh, that's rough. So, yeah, I hope he figures it out for for the Asians because um, he's a very talented player. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of talent, gosh, I told myself that I was going to stop saying speaking of. I'll work it's on okay, that. It's okay, Kim. It works. <laughs> it's a transition. It works. It's a transition. So speaking of a uh, 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 pop in your bat, um, we're just going to list off because, again, we have so many guys to cover now. So we are just going to list off the guys um, that had homers this uh, since our last recording. Um Connor Wong had a solo home run. Uh, Kyle Higashioka had a two-run home run. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa had his first home run of the year, which was a solo home run. Christian Yelich had a two-run home run. Uh, uh, or no, excuse me. Christian Yelich had two home runs, which we already talked about. Connor Joe had a home run. And Kim Ah-Sung had a big home run against the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, well, what was interesting about watching this game, um, you know, Oh, poor Padres. Figure <laughs> your shit out because you guys are spending so much money. <laughs> Padres and Mets now knowing Just the hemorrhaging curse. money. Hemorrhaging yeah. money. They know they're the like, curse. They're like, Shohei, do not come here. We yeah. can't. You do not come here. We may pay you a lot of money, but we can't get our shit together. <laughs> um, back to Kim Ah-sung. Um, against the game uh, with... You know, against the Dodgers, where he hit that holer, uh, holer, oh my god, solo home run against you Urias. Know, he did hit that holer. holer. He did hit that holer. That's a that's a new phrase in the baseball vocabulary. Yeah, Please don't question it. me on that. Yeah, um, because I'm 19, born in the 2000s. Don't forget. Uh, <laughs> what was interesting that they made there's a statistic that they said about Kim Song and that his accuracy to put the ball in play with. With any ball that's under ninety four miles per hour, was over ninety percent. He had nine over ninety percent accuracy, and I was like, wow. "What?" And I was, I was just like, "Wait, wait, wait! 
Is that is that true? And and I and I found that to be you know interesting because that's crazy. Anything under 94 miles per hour he can hit with over 90% accuracy. Like damn, that's that's amazing. But then but then I was just like, oh shit, Kim Ha Song still has not figured out the MLB fastball yet. And that is the biggest thing that they always say about Asian born players when they come to the MLB is can they hit the fast shit? But I mean, obviously his defense his defense is, is extraordinary and he you know, during this game it was interesting because I was list I was watching it, um from the Dodgers commentator side. And they were just like, yeah, he's even better at shortstop than he already is in second base. And I was like, hmm, interesting you say that, Dodgers. Interesting <laughs> that you say that. <laughs> We've mentioned it just a couple times before. But um, yeah, so I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what Kim is going to do now because it's just like, if he can get that, if he can hit the MLB fastball, then it's gonna it's gonna be lights out for everybody. He's gonna be so dangerous as as a batter. Yeah, I think he's getting there. I mean, mm-hmm. you he hit eleven homers, hit two fifty one last year. I mean, you're hitting some fastballs, you know, if if those are your numbers. So yeah, that's that's to say that he's not he's unable to hit the fastballs. It's just yeah. crazy that there's if it's under ninety four miles per hour, his accuracy is nuts. Yeah, I mean, but he has so much more experience to see see under ninety four mile an hour balls. So, I mean, this is only his uh, second year in in the big leagues. So, it's I his I, third year. Uh, it's his third year, yeah. Is his third year? Okay. Well, well, his first year he didn't really play that much, you know. This is his second. Of, this is his second yeah. year, like with, like regularly starting. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, I, I think that it, uh, he he just keeps getting better. So I, I think that with time he'll continue to he will continue to improve, and he already has so much going for him defensively and. Uh, you know, with the hitting of the under ninety four mile an hour balls, so I yeah, I think he's. I mean, I'm well, sure most players re- don't hit the, that many ninety nine, ninety eight mile an hour fastballs as you know. There's you know your elite hitters do, but I'd say most play- players you see their the the bad the hard hit percentage start to go down pretty pretty hard. The higher you get, that's to true. I mean, Mike Trout had an eleven game hitting s- slump, and he's supposed to be the best. Hit her, yeah. Period, and even he couldn't see the fast, the fast stuff. But um, but this is all to say that I thought it was a fascinating fact. It's not like Kim is doing any worse compared to any other Padre right now. He's certainly not doing bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. But I was like, "Mm, Dodgers keeping an eye out on Kim Ah Sung, eh? Yeah, because who was hmm. playing short Eight. for the Dodgers yesterday? It was Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and he made an error. Oops. In the it's ninth. Okay. Well, oops, oops, oops. You guys had the insurance. He can. He could have made the made the error. That's right. That's right. Well, that, I think, concludes, unless we have anything else to talk about, I think that concludes our position player talk. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the pitchers. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Remen. How are folks still racist? I know, right? We're like two decades into the 21st century. Yeah, 
And second question, where's my jetpack? Well, I can't help you there, but have I got a podcast for you. Modern Minorities is a show where each week, my longtime pal Raman and I uncover common and uncommon truths that we all need to hear for our majority brains and ears. Yeah, Sharon and I have spoken to doctors, lawyers, directors, climate activists, angry Asians, athletes, chefs, writers. Folks who are black, brown, gay, straight, and everything in between. Past guests have included comedian Margaret Cho, Southern Poverty Law Center journalist Geraldine Mariba, comics creator Jean Lunyang, and many, many more. We've even talked about Ramadan, Black History Month, Kamala Khan, and Robin being queer. It's like we're trying to solve racism with the podcast. Challenge accepted. So check out Modern Minorities at modmypod.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Remember, we're all modern minorities, but we're no one's model minority. All right, and we're back. And my goodness, if if the records that have already been set by the position players this week were not enough, um, Kodai Senga set set a record of his own. Um, Senga set the Mets record for most strikeouts in a game by Japanese-born players, and it was against the Rays, no less. The Rays are very, very, very. Very spicy, spicy, spicy hot right now. They're on fire. They're boi- past the boiling point. It's a volcano up. Re- uh, 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 what's it called? Erupting. Erupting. <laughs> Erupting right now. And Kodai Singa got 12 strikeouts on him. It, and and uh, because the Mets are going to Met, uh, the Mets are going to Angel, um, uh, they, they still lost. The Mets still lost. Or, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Because the Mets are going to Met, uh, they did walk it off, but it was a no decision for Senga. So he didn't even get the win after all that very hard work he did. Oh, yeah. His final his <sighs> final line was six innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, three walks, and 12 strikeouts. Yeah, 12 strikeouts and six innings. Dominant. Didn't even get the win. And uh, his family was there for the first time in his Major League Baseball career. Um, and, I know. And so he said, after the game, he said, I'm just glad I didn't get booed while they were here. I think I did well today. It's an understatement. Like, yep. It's really... I do. It's an understatement. And it's just like sad. It's I feel really bad when these guys get booed because, by their own fans. It is tough to play in New York. It is really tough to play in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing it. Four he's and doing two, it. Three seven seven ERA. I mean that's and, very good. And for perspective on um, the the record that he set, there have been eleven Japanese born Mets pitchers, including him. So wow. Uh, and they like like they, they, there were some big 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 names in there too. So nice. Yeah. Nice. This is not a record. But I, you know, share it anyway. This is not something that broke a record, but this is something that I would like us to all celebrate: is that Fujinami finally got his first win. Bless up. You know, it's because I think we've spent so many episodes in this season of Asians in Baseball talking about how much he has been struggling as a pitcher, as a starting pitcher, and now a reliever. But he did on. Um, get his victory against the Texas Rangers, which is actually the number one team right now in the AL West. So that's, you know, I see that. That's really no small feat. He, he that pitched is two thirds of an inning, um, walked one, struck out one, 
to get just it had to be the fifth inning, I guess. And then no, I think it was the tenth. Oh, oh, it was the end of the game. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there were an extras. Yeah, ah, but he inherited two runners already. Mm-hmm. All right, he, so he oh. didn't. He, so he inherited the bases. Those. No, he didn't. He well, inherited the, if he had the other pitcher. Two and he yeah. walked one, then he loaded the bases. But got oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, but not but he, he got out of the thing. jam. That's what yeah. matters. No, that's yes. the thing. So hey, uh, unfortunately, in his next two outings after that, he was yeah, charged so with four earned runs in one point three innings pitched. But having one success oftentimes is like it's just like what you need to like be able to get to the next to the next spot. So. Yeah, and the San Francisco Chronicle is reporting that he is really working with all the pitching coaches at the A's right now, trying to work on his mechanics and trying to um, really find a place. So it's it's good to see that the A's are still invested in him. They're not just going to be like, okay, go down on the minors, bitch. Well, who would they even bring up? Let's be yeah, real. they can't but, afford it. But hopefully this kind of specialized attention right now and really hopefully this return to mechanics and and settling and and finding finding his arm again will be will just be enough for him to leave the A's next year in relief for a team that super needs relievers right now the Minnesota Twins or maybe maybe he'll be ready to start by next year again oh that's true for the Minnesota Twins for the Minnesota Uh, Twins why not he could be there with Kenta yeah oh my god look at that he could be there with Kenta and what a transition because Kenta Maeda made his first return back to Dodger Stadium um, after he had been this was his first time back after he was um, traded to Minnesota I guess which is surprising because that trade happened kind of a while ago Um, but uh, 2019 different leagues yeah, but uh, he came back to Dodger Stadium for the first time, and as as the Rays did for Chejiman, um, the Dodgers did him a tribute video, and then he came out for a little curtain call. Um, and I wanted to ask what your guys' perspective was on the video because I thought it was very cute. They they show, they show this video um, on on uh, Twitter that uh, we'll share of him like uh, when they used to do this 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 video this in game thing where they had players like. Uh, blindfolded and they couldn't see what was in a box and they put their hands in a box to touch something and try to identify it and every single thing he touches he's like shrieking and screaming and and like he's scared and it's he's like grossed out not not like genuinely scared but he's like ew ew what is this and he's like you know saying expletives and stuff like that yeah and I I thought it was very cute but I wonder uh, now now with what we were talking about earlier um, in regards to like uh, Stephen Kwan and other other Asian American men like uh, is is it uh, like because it's it makes him very cutesy right it makes like Kenta very cutesy and I just wanted to open up a discussion about that because the video was very cute and I will I will also add the comments shockingly Pass the vibe check. They were overwhelmingly very positive. People saying to bring him back, posting videos of his home run against the Padres. Like it was all love in the comments. But I still want to. I still wanted to open up the discussion just because this is something that we've talked about before. Hmm. So we're back to the emasculation issue, huh? It's, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess since it's positive, I'll I'll lean toward. It's okay, but it's definitely a, in the discussion, right? It's definitely like right. something we're kind of sensitive to. Um, I mean, I guess there's not a lot of videos of him, like, I don't know, 
driving a tractor and shooting guns and um it's not like he's like wrestling an alligator yeah he's not like a particular like serious player and like they're trying to embarrass him by posting this video or something like that he seems like a fun guy and i appreciate that they are characterizing him as a dynamic funny person as opposed to you know like the stoic uh stereotypes of of asian men so i guess yeah i'm gonna lean toward positive positivity with this I'm going to agree with Scott. Um, out of all of our Asian and Asian American and Pacific Islander players, Kenta Maeda has probably had the most variety show appearances in Japan. <laughs> um, hey. Very famously for for our listeners, because I I don't want to leave you guys out who are not big baseball fans, but he did show up to guest comment, uh, be a guest commentator on. Terrace House opening new doors, the new, oh. new door season, and everybody in opening new doors was like all the other Japanese commentators were like, "Holy shit, Dodgers!" Wow, because it was it was back when uh, Kenta was still playing for the Dodgers. Dodgers pitcher Kenta Maeda is here, and he was like super into it, giving all of his opinions on all the different couples and all the different <gasps> drama that was going on in the house. Again, it is Terrace House, and it's the opening new doors season. Uh, if you want to see Kenta Maeda do that, but um. Kent Maeda, I like, of course, uh, Kim and I have commented a lot about his Instagram, his uh, unique t shirts, uh, which we are anticipating Beautiful because art. we all, because we, uh, all ordered Kenta's t-shirt. Kenta, I know you're a huge fan of this podcast, and I just want to let you know that we got your t-shirts. We had to order them through Scott's sister-in-law, who is Japanese. It took a lot of work, but we did it because you only sell them in Japan. But, okay, back to Kenta's variety shows. He (laughs) does a lot of... He, I, to be honest, I think Kenta Maeda, um, I think this actually really works in his... In his favor, because I don't, when you see somebody do that many variety show appearances, I think after he's, he retires from baseball, he's going to return to Japan and become a variety uh, show host. I honestly, so fun. I I think, I think he's gearing himself for that um, just because it's such a variety of variety shows that he has guest appeared on and a lot of them are like kind of slapstick funny and (laughs) and and the fact that he was on terrace house which is crazy because terrace house doesn't know that terrace house doesn't like for context you guys terrace house doesn't usually invite um commentators on the show because it it was a very popular dating show it was the most popular dating show prior to now singles inferno um and so i mean obviously kenta maeda being a great pitcher and playing for the dodgers which is very sexy and appealing for the japanese audience was just like yeah of course like come on so i think the i saw the video that the dodgers posted i i think it's probably great I think Kenta's really excited about it. I think his agents are really excited about it because mm-hmm. now they get to be like, look, he even like did these antics while he was playing for the Dodgers. And so, you know, is it emasculating? I don't know. I think maybe to a certain extent for people, but also it's like th- this is Dodger history. They got their stoic Japanese pitcher multiple stoic Japanese pitchers. I mean, come on, Nomo, the most stoic of, of them all. And now you have weird, you have yeah. weird Kenta. So there's yeah, diversity. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it's part of it's part of his personality, which is like when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is so sweet because this is like the personality that I perceive him to have. But I did want to just talk about it because mm-hmm. it's something that that is. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's an issue for uh, Asian men. And so I think that I wanted to ask what everybody. Yeah, thought. he's I mean. But he's he a goofy is, guy. He is a goofy yeah. guy, but he he also I feel like looks pretty. Like he does not look like a marshmallow. You know, this guy's tall. He's big. He's strong, and he's always had like some kind of facial hair, mustache, which I always it indicates to me like a level of seriousness. And especially for Asian guys, if you can grow that facial hair, that's pretty masculine. I mean, let's look at. The attempts that Shohei has attempted. Oh, yeah, <laughs> never for, never forget the time. Never forget the time I googled Shohei Otani mustache. Gosh. Mm. And your like, algorithm has never been the same again. Oh yeah, yeah. I just remember those close-ups watching those games, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, Shohei, you can do almost everything except for that." Yeah. The magic but, of puberty. Um, but I mean. Hopefully, hopefully, I, I guess like the only thing that would be a little concerning is that when Ru uh, Hyun Jin comes back to Dodger Stadium, because I don't know if he has yet to return to Dodger Stadium. I don't since think he, so. Because you know the American League and the NL don't really don't really play, and and he's been out, he's been injured. I bet they're gonna have a bunch of fucking goofy videos oh, yeah. of of Ru Hyun Jin too. Plus, you know his also his homer homers that he has hit it um, he, as a dodger pitcher but he has a different he has a very different personality i think than maeda does like he he is he he is silly but he's like not as this is, sounds so funny to say but i'm like he's not as goofy i don't think like he is like uh I, and and that's something that i like about him a lot and i quote him all the time about like you know him him being like when the coaches tell me to to run something in 60 seconds i'm going to run it in 60 seconds i'm not going to try to run it as fast as i can or whatever it is um but he has that kind of dry humor about him whereas like yeah. kenta is like more like variety show humor type yeah. um but uh yeah it's 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 fun to see different personalities out there because there's all different kinds of of people all different types of asian asian men asian professional athletes so it's fun to get to see their different personalities yeah yeah but this is not an invitation for people to go back in the comment section and and to emasculate him i will fucking find you absolutely not you up but i was like truly shocked that like all the comments were like they were so nice and not because i think that obviously we want kenta to come back we love him so much but like just because people like are racist and bad (laughs) and so i always like you know clench up a little bit before i read the comments on anything because i expect the worst but for once i was pleasantly surprised um and and speaking of pleasantly surprised um uh since we last recorded dean dunning has recorded uh not one but two wins he he won uh against seattle and then he won against atlanta um, and Damn. both games, he, he went six innings. Both games, he only had uh, three earned runs and one walk. And his ERA is still 169. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. man. According to Sports Illustrated, he has yet to give up a home run. 
And of the 26 hits he's allowed in 37 and a third innings, only six have gone for extra bases. So he's get yeah. even when people get contact on him is weak contact. Yeah, because he's a con- he's a pitch to contact pitcher. He's got 23 strikeouts in 37 innings, so he's not like blowing batters away. So that means he's getting grounders, he's getting weak fly balls, and so that's old school pitching, man. And he's doing it. Yeah, and, I, and he's doing. Sorry, go ahead, Naomi. No, I, I was just saying because you know, like we've mentioned before, his very rough year last year, and he's making all these adjustments, but. Um, and it's obvious that he has made some serious adjustments and, you know, and it sucks. I'm sorry that Jacob DeGrum is not doing well, but I'm glad it made room for Daning, uh, Daning, oh my God, Dane Dunning to come back. <laughs> and uh, and now he is being called by the Rangers manager, Bruce Bocci, as the Rangers Swiss Army Knife. Yes. The man and- who can do it all. And Sports yeah. Illustrated is even throwing out the idea and other other things that I was reading, throwing out the idea of when DeGrom returns, not putting Dunning back in the bullpen, but expanding to a six-man rotation because he's doing that well. Yeah. Like when a guy has a 169 ERA and he can go six innings, like you can't you can't put put him back in the barn after that. Shouldn't. No. Yeah, if they're smart. Look at all these teams stretching their bullpen. I'm um, stretching their, you know, moving into the six day rotation. A, eh? a, hmm. a. It's very interesting that to is, me. That is very interesting. I on mean, the- mm-hmm. it's great for Dane Dunning, which you know, he he shouldn't be a reliever. I think he's proven himself that he can oh, yeah. handle a start again, especially against the fucking Braves who are yeah. the best team right now in the league. So that's saying something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He he's he his his time in the bullpen uh really really worked out for him. Um which is which is very good for him and I hope um will be very good for Fuji- Fujinami and also I hope will be the same for Shamanaya who unfortunately this last week was moved to the bullpen. Um, which they're hoping to have him in there as a quote long relief uh, in a long relief role. Um, but uh, he, you know, he seems like he, uh, you know, understands. He like said, you know, uh, he said, I've only got myself to blame about it. Uh, in this season, he has eight appearances starting and in relief and he has a 796 ERA which again 796 Oof. is like twice twice what you want to have uh, yeah and his most recent start he only went 2.2 innings um and in those 2.2 innings he had eight runs and was charged four of them with as earned runs and that was against the Nationals who are <sighs> not doing well oh my so, god you just really feel bad for him. Like, uh, I feel terrible for him because he like I have to imagine that he's like dying to pitch. Well, just like when you're like hitting in a hitting slump, you're like, my God, I just I have to hit one ball. And like, you just yeah. can't can't get it. All right. Well, so- someone needs the bump. He needs the bump. Yeah. All right. Oof. Is that all for pitchers? 
Well, it's well, all for for the the. I guess it's all for pitchers, but we haven't talked about two way players. Yes, there's um, a two way. Unfortunately, player. there's all. There's only one two-way player we're talking about today because we have not yet seen Isaiah Kiner-Falafa make his appearance again <laughs> as a as Isaiah a reliever. Level has, he's gone back to being purely a position player. Well, you know, you never know. I I, yeah. I invite I invite the Yankees. I invite uh, Boone to put him back in. Let's see what happens. A little magic. Maybe he can. He will strike out the Rays, and they will reclaim first place in the AL East, or blah blah blah. <laughs> anyway, so um, all right, so Otani, and let's talk about Shohei Otani. So May fifteenth uh, against the Orioles, Shohei pitched and hit again, and you know the pitching has kind of taken a little bit of a dive. He has been charged with like a six point three ERA for his last two starts, which obviously balances out the zero point six two ERA that he held for the first three or four um, starts that he had this season. It's all good, but you know Shohei doing Shohei things, and on Monday night he hit a four hundred and fifty six. Uh, feet three run homer against the Orioles and it is wow, tied for the longest home run at Camden Yards. So wow. Shohei may have uh, earned some runs that game, but he certainly gave himself the run support that he needed to bounce back and get that win. Um, Which is but that's it, that's a positive of being a two way player is when you're like, hey, my yep. pitching's not here tonight, so let's just crank up the Need some runs. <laughs> yep. Oh, you know, it's just, and for Shohei, he will need to do that, especially playing for the Angels still. But what's interesting is that it's always the first few innings where it's a little rough because by the, by the, towards the end, he retired 13 of the last 15 batters that he faced. So, um, it, it, Shohei tends to be a little bit of an enigma to me because most pitchers, you know, for the last 20, not, the last 15 batters, that's when they're struggling, right? That's when they're really relying on their outfield and their infield. Uh, they're trying to, you know, get those easy outs, putting, you know, get those ground outs, get those um, fly outs. But for Shohei, he can, he cranks the heat once once he hits, like, pitch number 60, which fa- is, yeah, is fascinating. There's a crazy or- stat about the third time through the lineup that he faces most pitchers, you know, it, your numbers double in the bad way. But for mm-hmm. him, it was like third time through a lineup, he just dominates the the the, the opposition. So that's to your point. Yeah. Yeah, he, he probably sees all their ticks and then is adjusting. Mm-hmm. Or he's just going lights out at that point. Um, he's but- tired. He wants to go home at that point. He's <laughs> like, let's end it. He's like, what's a, I, I heard there's a lot of really great seafood in, in Maryland. I, I got to eat. <laughs> um but what's really fascinating about Monday's start um, with Shohei is that this was the second time that he almost hit for the cycle as a starting pitcher. So on Monday's game, he was four for five, and all he needed left was a double, and he hit his second single, and it, it was so funny to hear 
It was so funny to hear the announcers being like, I've never been more disappointed to see Otani's fourth hit of the night because <laughs> he was so close. Um, if, uh, for our listeners who don't remember, uh, he almost hit for the cycle uh, a couple weeks ago, but he was robbed of a homer. And, and that's how. Let, sorry, let's just pause really quick for a second. If people don't know what hit for the cycle means, um, oh, hitting yes. for the cycle is when uh, a hitter in the same in one game hits a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. That's hitting for the cycle. Yeah, and it's really rare. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard because you have to hit a triple in there, and the triple yeah. is like that's so. Well, yeah. I don't know what the percentage is on that, but that's very, very hard. Yeah, there are, most yeah. Hall of Famers haven't hit for the cycle. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, it's. It's a rare thing. Yeah, and in an interview um, after the the post game interview, he he was like, they were just like, oh, are you disappointed that you, you you didn't get that double at your last at bat? He was just like, oh no, I wasn't really thinking about it. And both me and Scott were like, liar, bullshit, yeah, absolutely <laughs> liar, eight million liar. percent a liar. Okay. Obviously, this is something Shohei is trying to do because this is his second attempt as a starting pitcher to try to hit yeah. for the And he cycle. had the triple already, so and he hits yeah. lots of doubles. So it was there's a high percentage he could have done it. But yeah. yeah, Shohei tends to hit a lot of triples. I I've noticed. He's good at hitting hitting triples for for just anybody, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> but but um yeah it was it was just funny i was like no shohei you're trying to hit you're trying he's trying to clench that record because if he does hit for the cycle as a starting pitcher it, he will be the first and only starting pitcher to do so just among the other things that he does but um while you know shohei is kind of struggling he i it it is fascinating he has 71 strikeouts i just i just saw that count which is i think third in the uh, the third highest amount of strikeouts in in the entire league as a, and then, as a pitcher as a pitcher yes nice. as a pitcher and yes not as a batter it would be bad. it wouldn't be it would be yeah yeah i don't think he would be you know in mvp uh talk as batting as people. 100 yeah. <laughs> um but 70 he's leading with 71 strikeouts as a pitcher <laughs> and just this morning uh today is Thursday the 18th uh, against the Orioles Shohei you know just two days after uh no three days is it three days after I can't count anymore but just you know doing what Shohei does didn't take any rest after uh starting on Monday he starts off the game with a solar homer to kick things off and then by the time <laughs> angels pitching doing what angels pitching really does well which is giving up a bunch of runs in the middle despite uh shohei and mike trout hitting homers in today's game um shohei at the top of the eighth hits a single to clench the lead and somehow angels bullpen did not blow the next two innings and they won today's game so you know, just all in a day's work for Shohei. That's right. Just, what else are you going to do? I don't know. I mean, I guess hit for the cycle. <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. what's left. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. What a, what a week. What a week. And not only did all of these guys do a lot of work this week, but we actually did some work this week um, because we went to a Dodgers game yesterday on Wednesday, and we watched uh, the Dodgers uh, play Naomi's beloved twins. 
Um, and so we took a little bit of audio while we were at the game. So if you are interested in hearing our takes on 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 the game, um, you can stick around after uh, we say goodbye and uh, we'll play that for you. But we did get to see, even though neither team has any Asian players, um, we did get to see two Asian people, uh, Asian two Asian coaches um, with Dave Roberts, who's obviously the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And if you are not familiar, manager is like the head coach um, of baseball. Um, and the other is Hank Conger, who is the first base coach for uh, the Minnesota Twins. Um, and Hank Conger, this is interesting to me, it, I think it's his dad is a Korean adoptee. Um, yep. Oh. And, and his mom is Korean. And his mom is Korean. Um, and his dad's a Korean adoptee. So hmm. that was fun. We got to see him. Yeah, we took a yes, picture. Yes, and we... We took a picture. He, I did see that on our Instagram. He did see our <gasps> picture. He didn't know he didn't like it. It's fine. He's probably like, who are these weirdos? We are yeah. weirdos. Well, that's yes, probably listening to the podcast now and going back through. And so, well, Welcome. I think yeah. that if you're if you're the first base coach for the Twins, um, any uh, 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 it's kind of a low profile, uh, like being like. Like, uh, not the manager of a team is generally like way more lower profile. So I think that for a podcast to be talking about him and be like, unless he had done something like very like, like positive or negative, like just yeah. he just was at work. He's probably like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we talked about this last year and we didn't, we haven't really talked about this year yet, but Hank Conger actually played in the MLB. He played for multiple teams in the MLB. Mm -hmm. He also went and did work at the KBO. So we are actually going to be featuring doing a profile on Hank Conger because he's one of the OGs. Like, to be a Korean-American playing in the MLB in the same generation like we mentioned last year's profile on Kurt Suzuki is actually a pretty big deal. He was able to break through the noise at a time that is even more difficult um, than it is now to break through the noise. So, you know, it's not just that we like stan all the Asians, which we do, but we also know that Hank Conger made made a significant um, impact in MLB and the rise of more... uh, domestic asian american uh born players playing right now and he he made the jump after he stopped playing to coaching which is a hard a hard jump so he's he's doing it and we saw him we saw you hank we saw saw you you, and we know that you saw that we saw you You know, we were joking that he he's still pretty fit. Like, put the helmet on. Get up to bat. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it seemed like when we were at the game, I don't think we talk about this in the little clip, but, like, there were, like, guys going going down on, on the Twins twins offense. Uh, it was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is it illegal? Injuries. Is it illegal to have, a, 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 have the first base coach come in and pinch hit? Is that – can you do that? If you're a – Scott, you're do you a, know? Yeah, there have been a couple of coach – Coaches player who coaches? Were, yeah, player coaches. Manny Moda, who the Dodgers just celebrated, was a player mm-hmm. coach. I was at a game when he was coaching third, and he pinch hit. Wow. Um, so it happens. But I think you have to be listed as such. You can't just be a coach oh, and then – he can't just yeah. jump in. Okay, here's my proposal to Rocco, the manager of the Twins. Uh-huh. Let's just make 
let's spice things up. People don't really think Minnesota is that sexy of a team. And, you know, as evident yesterday at Dodger Stadium, people are still really fucking pissed about Carlos Carrera. So maybe for to change the conversation, it's time to put Hank back in back in the uniform. Well, he's already in the uniform, but put the bat in his hands. I just looked at it up. Stop. He's only... He was a catcher. He's a catcher. I'm just saying to negate the negative publicity that Carlos uh-huh, Correa uh-huh. brings, the baggage that he brings to the Twins franchise, because, you know, it is uncomfortable. I will have to say that people were, like, telling me that I sucked yesterday or the Twins sucked. And I get it. Dodgers fans are still angry about what Carlos Correa and the 2017 Astros did. I also was just That's like, That's not your hey, fault. That's you're, right. You're not also, an Astros fan. You're a Twins fan. It is Naomi's fault. Yeah, it... Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sure, it is my fault. Naomi, actually, um, she's the one that gave the, the Astros the idea, idea to yeah. bang on the trash cans. So yeah. You know me, because <laughs> I love Houston so much. And I knew, just I just knew what baseball was about back in 2017. That's right. Um, but I'm just saying, to negate the bad publicity, why not just have Hank Conger play and just let's just see what happens he's only 35 that's so young he can totally uh, he can totally yeah, do he it he can totally They're, do it all right well yeah they should they really should whoever's the gm of the twins if you're listening if you use our idea you need to invite us to a game and you need to fly us out first class and you need to put us in a box and you need to give us some free merch and uh we should get a meet and greet with kenta maeda and hank conger and they should both come on our podcast period i, I don't need the merch just just i just, I just want to be there yeah. well scott just take the merch and then me or naomi will take it <laughs> i'll give it to i naomi. will take it yeah. Yeah, I have give a, it to I me. Have a str- I have a strange collection of merch. I have a Padres shirt. I have lots of Dodgers shirts. I have an Orioles shirt. Um, and actually, I have... You know what? I have two Orioles shirts. <laughs> that is very interesting. It's just... Uh, yeah. It's very strange. Just to I've have never, an Orioles. Never, never okay, I want, a, I want a Harmon Kilbrew jersey. That's I'll, I'll take that. All right. Well, okay. uh, GM of ask. the Twins, if you're listening, we have some requests. So use our idea. Very simple requests, but yeah. and then give yeah, us. It's some not that stuff. hard at all. Okay. Yeah, super easy. I'm in. Piece of cake. Anyway, right. but you can listen to that uh, that great uh, <laughs> the great ex- yeah. uh, excerpts There's, of so yesterday's it, just game. T- if if you're wondering what we recorded, we recorded the opening when they we, they announced Carlos Correa and everybody boos. We've got us sort of like talking about um, the game itself and in general. We have Kim singing um, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Uh, yeah, um, and I heard that. And just so we all know, um, I know it's bad. It's, it's good. It's great. <laughs> Naomi wasn't singing. and Me then screaming off key. You know, it was totally on <laughs> key. It was it was very good. And then the end of the game where we're, we're riveted, you know, the, the ninth inning. Dodgers are up four, and um, what we don't capture is Naomi putting on like six layers of sunscreen just to walk to the car <laughs> after the game. We'll, po- we'll post that picture to our stories. Okay, yeah, but yeah, hey, it was a nice day. For I'm for just trying fans. to influence these ball players, right? Yeah, skincare these, is really these guys important. Need some damn sunscreen out here. That's right, because guess what? The sun is trying to kill you by giving you skin cancer and also wrinkles. They might, you might not think wrinkles are harmful, but they are. 
Yeah. Name another baseball podcast that talks about skincare. So I I dare you. Find one. You won't find one. Yeah. You won't. It's just us. If you do find one, definitely let us know. Yeah, so we can take them out. Oh. oh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that positive note, do we have anything else to talk about this week? No, it's just another jam-packed week, and we didn't even get to all of it. We didn't even get to all of it. So um, if there's anybody that we're leaving out that you want us to talk more about, please let us know. Um, and stick around after after we say goodbye if you want to listen to our commentary from the game. But otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Asians in Baseball. And we will catch you next time with more Asians in Baseball. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Asians in Baseball. Connect with us on Instagram at Asians in Baseball, on Twitter at AZNs in Baseball, email us at AsiansinBaseball at gmail.com, or drop us an audio message on Anchor. Thanks. All right. Asians in Baseball at the Dodger game. Naomi is sitting in between Kim and me, wearing fully decked out in twins gear. Um... Yeah, I won't say anything about that. That'll be punching down. Um, Shut the fuck up. (laughs) So Kim and I are dressed appropriately in our Dodgers gear. But to be fair, I'm wearing my Dodgers shirt that says Maeda on the back. I have no mo. So you're kind of in both camps right now because yeah. Oh, here we go. Looks like he could still play. Yeah. He did not he's get. Big. He's the first base coach. Yeah, but he's, he's in big. good shape. Yeah, like a, yeah. a lot of former players, you know, they put on the poundage. But like Hank Conger, he looks good. Yeah, look at that. No, don't put that yeah, there. Yeah, look at the picture. Nice, nice shadow of the crotch there. He, he looks cute. He looks huge. Now that Naomi took the picture. Yeah. That was not intentional. There's an you ass shot too. Guess who's coming to the bat? It's starting to feel old. The booing of, of Korea feels it feels old now. But he's such a prick. But he he loves him some Shohei, so you know. Okay, this is a key moment in the game. It's the top of the six. The twins have the bases loaded and nobody out. And who's up? Right, Someone Walker. named Gonzalez. Oh, Victor Gonzalez. Victor Gonzalez is pitching. Uh, Polanco's up. Yeah, so Jorge Polanco. It's one and one. I'm just trying to capture a big moment. This could be a big for Naomi. Do you remember this? This the highlight for my week. Or... <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> and we love you right back. Uh, here's the 1-1. One, one. 
I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for the twins at this moment. I am like, certainly not. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not. The twins are doing fine. They don't yeah, need us to root was, for them. Well, I wouldn't. Kenta's not pitching. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset. Oh. Okay, ball two. Almost hit him. Any moment now, the crowd will erupt either way. Well, either the crowd will erupt or Naomi will erupt. Either the whole crowd will erupt or six people will erupt. Yeah, are there any other Twins fans in this section? This is a decent... Oh, yeah, at the back of our section, there's a guy with an old-school Twins jersey. Oh, really? Yeah, like the, the little big league jerseys. The 90s. Classic. The Kirby Puckett jerseys. Ooh, I want a Kirby Puckett. For some reason, there's a Mets fan in our row. Why? Very embarrassing to be a Mets fan right now. Right? But I guess that means you're a true fan if you're if you're repping Mets. Oh, and there's a pop fly. Oh, Freddie's got it. Infield fly roll was called. Okay, well, it's one out. There's still bases loaded, one out. Okay, pinch hitter. Donovan Solano. Donovan Solano coming in for the guy who. He has no home runs. There's a meeting. I'm calling Grand Slam. I'm, Scott, what is wrong I'm gonna, with you? I'm gonna, I just, I like to beat the odds. <laughs> this is classic. This is classic, Scott. So, so what, well, what happens when I call things? It doesn't happen, right? So really, I'm jinxing Naomi. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my car keys and you walk away. I have, I have your car keys. I feel like you're jinxing me right now. You really think he's gonna hit a grand slam? I don't know. They have a meeting at the mound how to pitch. I mean, Donovan Solano, he's hitting 267. That's not bad. It's not OBD, bad. 351. Yeah, he's got some pop. Slugging's a little low. Yeah. Well. All right, so the meeting's over. We're about to find we have out. Have to figure out how to pitch very carefully to this very dangerous hitter. He swings and fouls it off of the plate. Uh, the runner on third thought it was a pass ball and tried to go home. He said, no, you got to go back. Get back. <laughs> That's kind of, so the song was get back, you know, like go back to third. This, this, this uh, organist is known to play all these songs to try and figure out what the reference is. Yeah, uh, we, when uh, I was here with John a couple weeks ago, uh, when the count was uh, three balls, one strike, one out, he would play uh, Amber by 311. By 311. Yeah. So you caught it. Most people well, are going to it. Well, John caught it. I, okay. I, I had... Credit to John. John's always the one catching stuff. I'm just, I'm just here to watch baseball. <laughs> All right, one, two. Bye. Let's go, Victor! So that's the Dodger crowds. He, he did not hit a grand slam. He did not hit it. Well, that, not, not that guy specifically. Not no, well, guy. I was, I was calling him. Yeah, he's swinging a ball way out of the zone. What was he doing? He's 
try to be a hero. Yeah. And who's up? Oh, Kyle Farmer. Oh, Kyle, yeah, remember, remember when he came up with the Dodgers? Had some big hits. Kyle Farmer, former Dodger, uh, was traded to the Cincinnati Reds uh, and then to the Minnesota Twins. He was don't, clutch. Do not be clutch, Kyle. Just strike out or something. Line out, pop out. Uh-oh. Not that, not that. And there's a fly ball, the deep left, and got it. So that's, that's got to hurt, Naomi. Base is loaded and nobody out, and they didn't score. How do you feel? I feel like the Twins are playing like the Angels right now. That's how I feel. And I, how I feel is, I think that Dave Roberts managed that inning very, very well. There you go. Props to Dave. All right, the very next inning, we have another situation with two on now and nobody out. I don't know. I think they break through this time, Naomi. Shut up. <laughs> Naomi's so optimistic. doesn't even look that disappointed it's because she was saying they're gonna lose and she kind of manifested that all right we're going into the bottom of the eight it's seven three I I think that the twins still have a chance Kim does not agree <laughs> Naomi is not talking to us uh, at this point. After the Dodgers put up five runs in the seventh inning, that's okay. It'll, it'll be a little awkward car ride home, but she'll get over it. So it's very, very quiet right now. It's in, it's in top of the ninth. We're in a four-run lead. A lot of people left. I have to stay through. I have to watch my team. <laughs> We're only here because Naomi. Oh, there's a ground out to short. Oh, and an error on Taylor. Well, he doesn't usually play short. 
He's not typically a shortstop. That was a hard hit ball. You know what? The time for the Padres to release Kim Ha-sung. I agree. Okay, here, here's a stat. The, the Brian Kenny list, he mentioned that Kim Ha-sung leads the majors in whatever the stat runs prevented, defensive runs prevented. Yeah. So, for, in, for, for his position at second. So, valuable infielder. So there's a little bit of hope now for Naomi. You can't have a general soju bar without having a single Korean player at dog. Well, you dog. can because they did. Yeah, but it's just sad. Maybe it's because we're not that far from K-Town. Well, when you go to K-Town, there's like... Yeah, there's like, uh, Jinro is the official soju of the Dodgers, and then there's also like an official like, uh, there's I think that like Hankook is like the official fire yeah, of the Hankook. Dodgers, yeah. uh, and like there's there's something else too that's like. Uh, I almost hit players over there. There's another thing that I've seen a billboard for that it's like there's a primary brand that is the official whatever of the Dodgers but then there's a Korean brand that's the official Korean whatever, Korean beer of the Dodgers, which I think is hype. Well, I don't think it's beer. I don't think it's beer, but it's What's the beer. official, like, gochujang of the Dodgers? The official gochujang of the Dodgers. The official sesame oil. The official kimchi. The official um, sardines. Anchovies. Yeah, these are the fun times of the game where it's like really quiet. You never know there's a game going on. And this is what I miss about the longer game is that there was more of this downtime. But, you know, we've still been here for almost three hours. So that's, I think sure. that's a good, that's a good length. Yeah. But the game's only like two and a half hours. That's like, yeah. uh, I don't think we got our money's worth. All right. We didn't pay for these tickets, but... So, Kim already sounds like a seasoned veteran baseball fan. Uh, there's a fly ball to center. Altman's got it. One out. I'm very concerned with cost per use. Oh, so it's more of like a, a, a economic thing? It's like, both. And like I'm, a, uh, I'm an old man. It's 0-2. Top of the ninth. Ball down in the dirt. And he struck him out. 